Welcome to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host for this podcast. So, providing care for your parents can be challenging emotionally, physically, and mentally. When your family is also involved, caregiving can become even more complex with all the emotions and the responsibilities that arise. But it can also be enormously helpful because as a team, uh, family members can provide invaluable support. So today we have two very special guests, um, Millie Burton, an AARP volunteer, and joining us is her sister, Marion Johnson, and Millie and Marion both cared for their mother together. And they are here to offer us tips that may be very helpful in your caregiving journey. Coming up on Prepare to Care. So Millie, Marion, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I ask you to come today. We, we struck a conversation. We were at an event together. And we started talking, and you guys were talking about caring for your mother. And what really struck me, and why I asked you to come today, is you finished each other's sentences. It's like you really were a team. You were like, oh, remember when this happened with mom, when that happened with mom. And I'm like, wow, we had some people on the podcast you know, who came to talk about family caregiving, where there was, I think, more tension in the family. Mm -hmm. But you guys really came across as a team. And I wanted to invite you and talk a little bit about that today. Um, so tell me, like, how did that happen? How did you guys start caring for your mom? Well, what I want to interject right here is we're a family of 10 siblings. And we were the exception. If anyone had told me, 20, 30 years ago that when it came time to take care of mom, that all of us would come together and do it as a team of 10, I wouldn't have believed it. But that's exactly what happened. All 10 of us took part in her care at one time or another. Wow, so it was more than two people. Yes. <laughs> well, everybody couldn't be hands-on all at once because right. we live in different right. cities across the U.S. But you know, it was a here, there. She moved around in the early years. I know. That's what you guys told me the story. She literally moved from house to house, like across the, the, the United States. Mm -hmm. When she, she could. Uh, first in Reno, and from there, uh, that was a sister in Reno, and she spent a little time with brothers who lived in San Bernardino. Yeah. And then after five or six years in Reno, she came to Houston, and from Houston, she had periodic visits to Indianapolis and Bat Alexandria and Bat Shreveport and Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. This is where siblings live. So it was like Houston was home base, but well, she wanted to visit the other children too, and they needed to see what it was like. So, listeners, you, you don't get to see that, but I'm looking at Millie and Marion, and they're pointing at the same time at, like, this <laughs> invisible map at the same time. I mean, these women are, like, like a pair, right? So, once she got to Houston, there was a point, and you shared that in a conversation, when mm -hmm. she became your, your job. Yes. Right? Yes. 
And so at that point, the two of you, you were the only ones in Houston at that point? Yes, and my, my son. Um, so no, it's just us. Yes, okay, so then it became your job to be the, the primary caregivers. Yes. Were other family members still involved at, uh, you know, doing other things at that time? Yes, they sent money. Okay, so there was financial support? There was great financial mm -hmm. support, and then some would travel, you know, to, I guess, give us a break. Some would yeah. travel to Houston for a week or so, or you know, to do something. But there was great financial support as well as physical support because our oldest sister eventually ended up moving to Houston for a while. So for I don't know how many years there were three of us. There were three of you. Front line. Okay. Yes. So financial support, physical support, relief. Yes. And they came for birthdays and Christmas and Mother's Day and that kind of thing. So there was a lot of love there going on. Yes. Oh, yeah. And they sent cards which which most people don't realize how valuable it is for the loved one to read something from relatives siblings children who are far but they sent cards all the time as a matter of fact um, when she was in the nursing facility her room became the showroom that they would show other people come and this is what you can do to your mom's or your loved one's room because we decorated. Millie had a lot of decorating ideas. She's good at decorating, so she made sure the cards and everything in there were arranged just so, you know, so they showed it. They felt like it was worth showing, and Mom didn't mind, and neither did we. So was there, like, a point where there was, like, a, uh, uh, like a natural sharing of duties between the two and then the three of you? How did it evolve? Like, who, who did what? You, you guys are chuckling. Well, after a while, you know what you're good at. She was better at hands-on care, and I learned from it. And I was better at taking care of the paperwork, the, the bills Financial. and the yes. forms Everything. and all that you have to do when it comes to caregiving and working with the staff. But she was better at hands-on. So we, we kind of oh, – I learned a lot from her about how to actually do it. <laughs> and I didn't learn anything about uh, – the financial matter and didn't want to learn anything about it. I had a very capable person to just hand the mail to, to just make sure that everything business-wise was taken care of because bedside care is a big job in itself. She could do part of mine, but I didn't want no part of hers. So what I'm hearing is that there came a time, or, or, or right from the onset, that there was like a division of duties, right? It sounded like there was a lot of trust between the two of you. Well, yes, it, it has to be, to I be. think. Um, you, you've got to communicate. Um, you have to. And when Mom said um, she was staying with us, the Houston group, and uh, when it came time for her to go to Indianapolis, no, go back to Reno, and I said, Mom, it's you know time to go. Uh, we're going to be packing you up, and you're going to be leaving. And she just very calmly said, well, I don't think I want to go. I said, well, you don't want to go now, or you don't want to go ever? And she said, I don't want to go ever. So I just picked up the phone, called my older sister, and said, ship all mama's stuff here. She's staying. Oh, my God. So this, like, happened, like, one day to the You're literally packing her stuff, and she's like, nope, change of plans. She didn't want to go back. She didn't want to go it back. It was too cold. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys, like, jumped into the caregiving job, or was she okay to live on her own at the time? 
She could have gone back. We could have sent her back to Reno, but she verbally said, I don't want to go back. I want to stay here in Texas where it's hot. Okay. And so that was it. There was no question. There was no it. discussion. You just make it happen. But I'm, what I'm hearing is you guys really listened to what she wanted. There was no arguing with her. Oh, no. No? <laughs> well, she was still capable of delivering a backhanded lick. Okay. <laughs> we, we felt the need. If Listen. she wasn't happy in the cold weather of right. Nevada, well, why force her to be there? Right. It was two of us. We felt like we could, we could fix <laughs> it, and we had support. So you just do it. Was she with you right from the start? Was she in assisted living? I think in eventually no. she went to assisted living. She was at my house for a while. She was at Miriam's house for a while. Then she went to a nursing facility. Okay. Yeah. She went. Yeah. When I well, and that's I guess one of the tips I'd like to leave. You know, <laughs> with Tell us. Uh, with caregivers, you have to know your limits. You know, caregiving is a big job. As a matter of fact, I don't know mm -hmm. how people do it who have to work and husband and children and care give. Th that's a strain, but I would say don't do like I did, and that was neglect yourself. You know, you don't know when to say, yes, I need help, because I was like, oh, no, that's okay. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And constantly wasn't take care of of myself so you know when it came time to make the decision to put her in a nursing home you know we had the uh, input from her doctors or cardiologists or PCP and they were like okay you've done as much as you can do she's alive at this point because you guys have done so well he said but now it's time so what I'm hearing is at some point so she first she was with Millie then she was mm -hmm. with you Marion at some point she had to go to the nursing home, but before you got to that point, you're like, you didn't see it quite coming for yourself. Mm -mm, didn't. Did didn't you know. see it in her? Mila? No. You well, did I see her breaking down? Yeah, I did you see Marion break word. down? Yeah. yeah, I could tell. Um, but at, the pr at that point, you know, what do you, you don't know what to do. It really wasn't until the doctor said, you've done enough that we realized okay. we couldn't do anymore because it was either me going to her house constantly. We were, we, she was at my house, you know, we had to constantly be coming back and forth. Um, and if it was at Marion's house, we're constantly going back and forth. And as her health deteriorated, we had to, we had to do more and more. Right. And she couldn't be left alone. And we were trying all sorts of things. She went to a senior center for a while during the day. And then that got too cumbersome because, you know, they open here and they close here and you got to go to work and you got. Right. You know, it was just so many things. And Millie, you were, you were working at the time? Yes. So you were still working. I was still working. You were taking care of the administrative side of the caregiving plus some other uh, caregiving. Uh, uh, caregiving. Uh, on the weekend, yes. I try to relieve Marion a little bit, although she rarely went away. And so Marion, you just were stayed stayed connected. Okay. And, and you, Marion, that was your 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 main job at the time was to take care of mom. Yes. Um, I'm just trying to remember. So much happened, uh, but at the time we made that decision. Home in March, and then my job ended. Yeah, my job ended 
actually closed down the division here in this town. And uh, I was putting in applications, trying to take care of mom and look for a job at the same time. And so what I was told, which just really blew my mind by my siblings is, okay, don't look for a job right now. You take care of mom, we'll take care of you. Got it. So the, the, the family rallied, at least from the financial yeah. yes. perspective, which was helpful. So I want to get back to the signs. And you said you didn't see them, but Millie, you saw them in Marion. What do you see? What did you see at the time? Um, tired all the time, never doing anything else besides taking care of mom. Even when somebody else came to visit or was there, she couldn't let go. It was, Marion's a dedicated caregiver. <laughs> she, she never let go. She, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do that? You know, yeah, we did. We, and we she, did that. she would say, okay, both of us are not going to be here at the same time. Either you're going to leave or I'm going to leave. We, That's we how we got. If we were both there, we were both being worn out. I see. But Marion was, did you remember to do this? Did you remember to I do that? Know. Did you remember to do that? Um, it's a, it sounds a little bit like, you know, in parenting, when one parent takes over and you become really good at it, but then you become very responsible also. It sounds like yeah. you, 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 Marion, took the lead. You could see some things. But yeah, I could, I could see she was, but, you know, what do you do? Right. It sounds like you had some tough conversations with each other, though. Oh, yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, you have to. When you need one to face reality or you're saying something, you're seeing something, and they're not getting it. Right. And I didn't get it. Mm. So, you know, when I, it was one day, like the rude awakening, I was somewhere. Maybe we were at the nursing facility, and I looked into the mirror, and my hair was literally standing up like that. And I was like, Millie, why didn't you tell me that my hair isn't combed? She said, well, it looks like that all the time, so I thought it didn't matter. Wow. And that so, kind uh, of, right. I mean, that shook me. It shook you. I'm like, all the time. So you were so much into, into your caregiving job, basically, that yes. you were just letting yourself go. And then Millie, even though she's on your team, you were not listening to her. Yeah. So <laughs> your piece of advice is listen to what other people are telling listen. you, right? It, it took her a while to learn it. Because I, I my, my thing was, I'm doing the best I can. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to take care of mom. What do you mean? What, what do you mean take care of myself? I'm secondary. Right. You see, that kind of stuff goes into your head. Right. Because mm -hmm. I, there was nobody for us to ask. What do we do in this caretaking thing? What, what, what are we supposed to do? How do we do it? Right. I'm just dedicated to doing this. I can't see anything else. And that is a tip that I want to leave. You know, listen to that other voice. And if you're in it by yourself, take some time. You have to take some time for yourself. You have to keep yourself going. Keep your doctor's appointments. You know, yeah. comb your own hair. You know, take the shower without running out the door half-dressed. So, you know, that is a tip. Another tip, and I don't know if it's too early or too late, allow everybody who's involved to do what they do best. And I, somehow God just allowed me to recognize that in the beginning. Okay, you're a poor financial handler, so you can't handle mama's business. Millie is excellent. Give it all to her. You do the bedside care. 
because for some reason you got that gift and she has that gift. Had mm-hmm. you know, and other siblings allow them to do what they do best. Don't expect everybody to care give. Some people can care give long term. Somebody can do it on the weekend. Somebody can just stay where they are and write checks. Right. That's important too. And we <laughs> did have siblings who just wrote checks. And that was helpful Big at checks. some level. Yeah, and that was helpful. Because when it came time for her to do that adult daycare, we needed money. Right. You know, and I didn't have it. I think you bring <laughs> an interesting point about self-care is it's not even taking three weeks to go to the Bahamas. Is take a shower. Take a shower. Comb your yeah. hair. Comb your hair. <laughs> do your nails. Whatever. Yes. You know, the yes. small things even. Yes. Although the trip to the Bahamas, we did at one point uh, got money from the siblings, and we took a trip together what? for a week. <laughs> How well, did that it was, feel? It was in October. It was the ARP convention in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. When they That's used to do that. Yeah. Okay. okay. ARP convention in Las in Vegas. In Las Vegas, the, and you guys, and it felt like a trip to the Bahamas because yeah, it felt well, wonderful. Well, we were away. Well, we didn't stop calling to check uh, that everything was still going well, but still, you're away for a minute, and right. you can kind of readjust, oh, reset. So you, you did accept the gifts and the help, even though it was yeah. tough those last years. You did accept the yeah. gifts from your siblings. Yeah, and, yes. the, and the coming, them coming to visit was, was extremely helpful because then we could step away again. Right. It, it was hard in the beginning because that meant we had to put Mama in somebody else's care, and that didn't sit well with me at all. It's like, who are we going to get? Where are we going to put her for 10 days? I got to make sure that she's being taken care of. Now, let me ask you something else. When your caregiving ended, when your mom passed, which you shared she passed in 2012, is yes. that it? Mm-hmm. W- how did you leave that moment afterwards when it's like, oh, that, that huge job that was a big part of your life, and then it's gone? And did it help that the two of you were in the same city? Yeah. Yeah, that was helpful. It was, uh, but it was tough for me. It's kind of, <laughs> now what? Right. You kind of don't know what to do with your time. Where to go. I'm supposed to, this is the time I go to mom. Where am I going to go? Right. What yeah. am I supposed to do? So I sat a lot and stared at the wall. Did you, do you have I, any I, advice for listeners about that time? Well, yes, it's coming. Mm. <laughs> it's coming. I didn't see it coming. I didn't think about it. I didn't know what to do. I should have leaned more on my siblings, but I didn't want to be a bother whining at that time. Because, you know, we all grieve differently. Right. And I'm the person that's got to talk it out. I got to talk it out. And, you know, I can nearly just talk your head right off your body. <laughs> and I know people get, <laughs> uh, they just get weary. So... I just kept it inside, and I just, you know, I cried by myself. And But I just needed something to do. And then everything around me was mama mm. in the house. I couldn't take two steps out of the bed without, you know, I got to pass by her room. You know, I got all these phones because of her. I got her little phone. I got all of these reminders all day long. Well, I'm not the first one. Right. You pray a lot. You pray an awful lot. 
you just sometimes find yourself screaming out, Lord, help me. What do I do? So did it make you more of a team? Or did the team disband at that time? No, we're still no, a team. Still You're a still team. a team, right? Yeah. I think so. We, yeah, we're, we're still, still a team. team. We just, that's not going to end. We're still a team. You know, you go through the, you allow yourself to go through the grieving process. And just little by little, you stop the crying. You're praying. You, you, you know, you regroup. And you know that life goes on. And you keep talking about it and give a tidbit to this person on the job who's going through the same thing or this person at the church who's going through the same thing. And then you begin to give away whatever, you know, you, don't, you no longer need that mom had to help somebody else. But you're really helping yourself. How about and you, you start to remember the funny the stuff. Fun the part. funny stuff. <laughs> and you laugh about it. Your forever. administrative role, how did that end with the, you know, are you still um, doing that? You're still <laughs> doing no, that. No, I've, you know, that, that ended after, a, it took a bit, maybe uh, a year. A year. For it to wind down. So you still had some activity because when somebody passes, this stuff keep going on for oh, a while. Oh, yeah. It goes on for a while. You have to slowly tell them to go away. <laughs> Very nice and courteously, but you tell them to go away. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, um, Millie, Marion, uh, this is about all the time that we have for today. But before we go, from each one of you, one piece of advice that you have for people who are caregiving as a team. Marion. Oh, my goodness. Um, keep everybody abreast of what's going on. Tell everybody everything even though they may or may not be involved. If they're siblings, they need to know. Family members who step up to help, accept the help. Put them on a list. See what it is they can do once you figure out everything that needs to be done and see what it is they feel they can do. And it works out better if you allow a person to use their strengths to help in the caregiving journey. And then if somebody doesn't step up, do not condemn. Let them know about the parties. Just keep them close, but do not condemn them. They simply may not be able to do what you feel they should be able to do. Thank you. And to piggyback um, on that, um, communica that communication by keeping them in, we did, I think, a really good job if, you know, we actually kept notes of day-to-day -day things. So if there was a two-hour gap between her being there and my being there, I could look at the notes and see, you know, mom didn't eat her lunch or she only ate half of it or she spit her pills out or whatever the situation is. You know, write that down so when the next person comes in, um, they know what's next you know mom wants her hair washed or something you know write a note we, we kept tablets of notes of day-to-day -day activities date and time so when the next person stepped in or you could look back when you couldn't remember something and you know the doctor said do this do this do this you could look back at your notes so besides that communication that written um, mm -hmm. And that helps even if you have an outside person coming in. You know, those notes, there's a tracker of what's next, 
What do we need to do next? Is this different? Is it whatever? Especially when they leave the facility to go to the hospital. You've got to yeah. keep those notes. Kidnap is really yes. important in the hospital. All right. Um, Marion, thank you so much. Okay. Especially thank since you, you guys so didn't know where the podcast <laughs> was. And you're like, Marie, we don't want to talk <laughs> to you. So I really appreciate that because the testimonies <laughs> of caregivers is so very important to our listeners. So thanks for taking the chance today and for coming and for talking with us. So folks, today we've spoken with the amazing Millie Burton, AARP volunteer, and her equally amazing sister, Marion Johnson. If you thought this podcast was helpful, or if you have friends who are also caregivers and going through this with the loved ones, please invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash Houston PTC. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.